Oh, yeah. Which, oh, and that scene with, with the doctor on, with Pike, uh, apparently alcoholism is a prerequisite for medical officers in Starfleet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Abby. And I'm Chelsea, and welcome to Three to Beam Up. Today we are talking about Season 1, Episodes 11 and 12, The Menagerie. You guys, happy 50th episode. <laughs> Woo! Confetti! Oh, confetti! <laughs> Yay! Wow, the balloon drop was great. Yeah, that was really fancy. Um, How did you manage to get that, like, at both of our respective houses, Chelsea? I paid a lot of money for those deliveries. <laughs> well, it has been a real two years here at Three to Beam Up. I cannot believe we have now recorded about 50 different episodes and are consequently about two-thirds of the way through the original series. It's true. Luckily, we're never going to be done because we're just going to keep adding series <laughs> I like to think. So this is quite wonderful. <laughs> I like your enthusiasm, Charles. However, I'm not sure about it. <laughs> Abby, you did remember that you signed on for... Uh, forever. Oh, did I? With, I missed I think that that's what line. Chelsea, in that's the, what Chelsea presented, right? In the contract, I totally oh, yeah. read it, yep. like skipped over that, <laughs> or I've blocked it out. I don't know. Yeah, don't forget. <laughs> after this, we have the animated series plus all the movies plus then I don't know all the new tracks. We'll come up with something. And I think we just start over. We just fill the bag up again. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is the Menagerie. Um, I guess yeah. we could just talk about it as a Menagerie, not even part one and two, right? Because, yeah, I think because it's. No, it's a uh, original original air dates for part one was eleven seventeen sixty six and eleven twenty four sixty six. Oh, nice. Okay. Two. So it there did... is a good. Um, I will jump to uh, my middle of my notes. There is a good cliffhanger in the middle, so that makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, I thought it was um, it was well done. I mean, there the pacing. There are some parts that are a little slow. Um, yeah, but for the most but part, for the most the part, it's not bad. Pretty good. I think I mean, the Hugo was deserved. <laughs> I, 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 we'll talk about the cage later. We just talked about how we'll talk about the cage later. But um, I think the parts that are kind of boring are the cagey parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. The menagerie parts are pretty good. Um, and it starts off to a quick start. And it is very unspocky of Spock to do. Well, it's both unspocky and also totally what Spock would do and how he would do it. But Well, everyone yeah. likes a good mystery. Um, right? And, and we don't get a, well, we do get a lot of these mystery sorts of openings, but we don't get a lot that involve, like, the three main characters, which is kind of what you're... Well, and sure. ones that, ones where the mystery lasts for so for long. For so long. Oh, yeah. Two, multiple like, episodes. I, I also love that throughout the episode, and, and I won't bring up specifics, we'll, we'll talk about all these specifics, I'm sure, um, but I love that throughout the episode, I would, like, write a note and be like, this is ridiculous. How is this happening? And then Kirk would be like, this is ridiculous. How is this happening? And Spock would be like, you don't need to know yet. I'd be like, oh, okay. You'd be like, yeah, that, that checks out. <laughs> that happens, that happens a lot. Um, but they really did, like, put a hat on it um, many, many times of, like, oh, this is a suspension of disbelief that the viewer is making. 
Um, and oh boy, Kirk would have to be making that too. Uh, and he does. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Spock doesn't give him much. No, or. Rightly, rightly so. Rightly he doesn't so. give anybody much. It's, it's, it's like, but I, his excuse at the end is basically like, but I really wanted you to watch this pilot. <laughs> <laughs> the excuse is they ran out of scripts midway through this shooting this first series and. <laughs> Don't spoil it, guys. <laughs> and somebody came up with the idea of using the original pilot. Which in a way is brilliant. And is way, like if I just heard that, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Right? But it's actually I, well done. I don't think... I was trying to think. I, I can't think of any other series that has ever even attempted to pull this off. Right. right? The idea of um, we have a pilot and we're not going to get to use it. So why don't we, like, build a regular episode around it? Yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting way to kind of solve a problem. And I guess they were talking about turning that original pilot into a feature film. But yeah. it wasn't it wasn't gonna work out so that this was kind of a secondary use for it instead of turning it into a feature film, which wasn't gonna be possible. So mm-hmm. I mean Yeah, it's a it's a good spin on it. And it's also it, it's a different era, right? If this was today and they, there was a pilot, they'd just like toss it on a DVD or Blu-ray or mm-hmm. you know, yeah, special features on something. Speakers. And it'd be like, here's a pilot. Um but you know, in the sixties, that pilot was never going to get seen. Right. Um right. And by many rights, I mean, I read up on it a bit, was uh, was almost lost a bunch of times because the, the color masters got passed around um, in ways that almost got them destroyed. So, well, yeah. um, I mean, and at least it wasn't, you know, BB- the BBC because yeah, they just yeah, deleted exactly. stuff completely. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, wait. Uh, anybody got some no blank one needs tape? This. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Let's just recycle. No one needs that, those original episodes of Doctor Nobody Who. wants to watch those again. Um. So we start on the planet, and I don't know if you guys saw the remastered versus the original backdrop. The original backdrop is beautiful. The remastered is great too. This yeah, is I, I have very, multiple very notes about um, the backdrop paintings. Like it's they're gorgeous, so they're beautiful. <laughs> and I actually, this is a rare one where I like the original better than the remastered. The original, I don't know if you guys saw, it has like little stars. It's basically the same painting. But it has like little stars, all like pretty. I mean, they're completely unrealistic looking, but it's beautiful. Um, they do a great job, um, and it's it's really shocking that they don't use this as much in original series. But um, they go to all these barren worlds, right? Yeah. Where all they have is the like red rock, green, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> sky color they want it to be. Southern California um, backdrop. <laughs> Well, no, no, not the Southern California set. The, the one that's like the set. soundstage to like yeah. you know red sand. Sparkly rocks, and then a backdrop that is any color sky you want. Yeah, right? They go to that set a lot. But they don't make use of, they don't go to cities often. They don't go to star bases often, no, right? And this is well, they're, well, and they're well, exploring but, new worlds. And they whatever. are exploring new worlds. But th- when they do go to these cities, they the, the matte paintings they use, the backdrops they use, are always like so good. Yeah, they're nice. Um, and I think it's a shame that they didn't use it even just a little bit more, that, that they didn't find more... They could still go to Strange New Worlds. They go to Strange New Worlds and find cities. Um, and they don't do that much. No. They do it more in the later series, for sure. Yeah. But, the... um, but I think that's a missed opportunity to, to in- interact with other civilizations, not just... Yeah. They find a lot of primitive civilizations, and they find a lot of barren worlds with one scientist working with his assistant. <laughs> 
who um, is and I did an just gender now. that scientist <laughs> because it's always a male scientist too, obviously. Of course. I mean, can system, a girl so. even be a scientist? I've been wondering that like, <sighs> watching this. Well, show. sometimes, and sometimes they're twenty-one and have a PhD, right? Um, <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> one or one or the other. There's no yeah, in one between. Or the other. But I do. Uh, that is suffice it to say, I like this. I like when they do cities. Yeah, and well, and the architecture yeah. is great. That like beautiful mid century, mid twentieth century modernist architecture. Well, and if beautiful. you look at okay, I'll jump back on this train. If you look at like sixties art, sci fi art, um, there's such beautiful sixties sci fi art, fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're talking about like golden age of sci fi. That if you just said like paint me a a, a city on a, a alien world and you just like let people do that and he said cool that's a backdrop of this episode yeah. they would have had such such wonderful stuff. It's so. true. Yeah, I agree. Well, they get down and costume corner guys. One, the flower emblems. Two, the weird stripes on the sleeves. Did anyone else notice this? I don't think I noticed the stripes mm, no. on the sleeves. The commodore the has different stripes. They're like lace. And I love them. Oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, I've noticed those before. Those come up other places too, right? Yeah, for some reason, like, the Enterprise's um, costumes are significantly different than every other. And I don't know if well, it's because it's the flagship. I, I think it's partially people who are serving on starships versus people who serve at bases. Oh, that I might think be. that's a difference. Okay. And, yeah, I, I think the, yeah, the, 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 the uniforms are different for different branches of service, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then the, like early on, the 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 emblem that is now kind of the Starfleet emblem, the the triangle with the whatever that I think originally it was only meant to be the symbol of the Enterprise, which is why right. you have like, then it the got taken over. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. That um, out. Yeah, so I think this goes well. And again, you talked about the mystery, but it's a great mystery. Um, that they get down there and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we definitely didn't call you. <laughs> um, and I love that to kind of plausibly on both sides, Kirk is like, check everything because Spock definitely didn't lie to me. And they're like, uh, no, Spock totally could lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we go there? And Kirk is like, no, he did not. Spock um, is... Meanwhile, Spock is like sneaking around the whole place. Playing <laughs> poorly, too. His sneaking skills are not great. Well, but at the same time, he is a master at deception, and I would never want to get on his he bad is... side. Doing oh, no. some, he is doing some four-dimensional chess, right? Oh, because he is when Class he gets at. caught, he's getting caught on purpose. Yeah, like he even like like Kirk's plan of going out in a shuttle, mm-hmm. right? That's a great, it's a gambit from Kirk, but it's he goes out in that shuttle mm-hmm. and knows that like Spock is going to see it. And knows that Spock is going to know that he has crossed a line in the sand that he is has basically said, if you don't come back for me, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's Kirk's gambit. Um, and I have that note of, like, why would Mendez sign on for this? Turns out he didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which makes way more sense, by the way. Makes way more sense. Yeah. But that means that Spock is already working with the Telosians before Kirk takes off. Yeah. To be like, this is what Kirk's plan is going yeah, to be. he's working with them on the He's going to come out in a shuttle, and he's going to come out past a line where I have to turn back. Spock already knows that before Kirk gets on the shuttle. Oh, for sure. Kirk, right? Spock's plan, I like. I have several <laughs> notes where I'm like, Spock's planning is so precise oh, and impeccable. Terrifying. And just, I mean, 
Not terrifying is the right word, Chelsea. Standing ovation. It is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, this is why Spock is my favorite character. Yeah, possibly same here. From all of Star Trek. Because yeah. he is so far ahead of literally everyone. His thought process mm-hmm. is just perfect. This like, is the, I, this oh. is the, like, yeah, this is the part where, like, this would be maddening. I think this is how I would view it. Like, a few days later, Kirk would, like, wake up <laughs> in the middle of the night and he'd be like, Wait a second. <laughs> it was Spock playing. knew, like, before I set foot on the <laughs> shuttlecraft, Spock knew I was going to do it. Because Mendez mm-hmm. was there with him. It's right? so like, true. It's insane. Um, yeah. It's just, it's what I aspire to. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you guys think that Starfleet is super lucky to have Spock and the Vulcans on their side? <laughs> oh, right? absolutely. They're just like, wow. Because yeah. I would never want to go into a war with the Vulcans. You would never like, want to cross yeah. Spock or the Vulcans. <laughs> like, and it, the, the war would have already, right, the war would have already happened and they'd be like, here's the treaty for you to sign. And they'd be like, what? And be like, Guess what? <laughs> we have just taken control of the Federation. <laughs> That's exactly what would have happened. It's, it's what would happen. It's totally what would happen. Yeah. Because so, they're smarter than ever. So it is, it, is, it is an understatement to say Spock has a good plan. <laughs> oh my gosh. He has a perfect plan. It's a beautiful, beautiful plan. But anyway. I don't know. Um, if, was Pike in on it at all, do you think? I Pike, I, I think Pike, hmm. well, as soon as Pike saw Spock, I think he knew exactly what was going on. And he was against Yes, but him. so, there's, yeah, because when they're in the room alone together, Spock says, you know what I have to do. Yep. And Pike says no a bunch of times, right? Um, and so, Pike seems to know what Spock's big picture plan is. I think he does. Um, and he seems to not want part in it. I agree. Yeah. And then it becomes about kind of helping Spock to not ruin his career. That's much, much later, yeah, though, it right? Yeah, later. It's Although, the, man, it's the rest what? of the two if episodes. I'm, if I'm going to serve in Starfleet, I want to be on the Enterprise where consequences don't happen for anyone. <laughs> yeah, right? So first, let's talk about, like, this is the only planet they've ever visited that got a, a death sentence. I cannot believe back. that. That doesn't make any sense. Because um, they visit a lot of planets they shouldn't go back it's to. It's true. Um, um, but this is the, I mean, I and I think, especially later, they're like, yeah, you shouldn't go to this planet, but there's not, like, a death sentence on it. Yeah, what about, yeah. like, Trelane? What about, like, Plato's stepchildren? Yeah, I was going to say, Trelane's <laughs> planet is a big one. Um, well, but yeah, Charlene Charlie... gets recalled by his parents, quote unquote. But still, so, like, like, don't go visit the Q. <laughs> like, yeah, it's still like the his Q planet, will find you. right? Like, um, yeah. I mean, even there's a lot of these, right? Yeah. Even Savage Curtain, Magmar—that's the one we talked about the most. Like, Magmar's oh, yeah. still on that planet. Yeah, dude. There. Yeah, there's a whole like, bunch of planets know. they leave. At least, like <laughs> Apollo was defeated. Kind right? of. Like, yeah. Sylvia was defeated. Um. Right, but if we just keep going down that, there's a lot of these that are still out there in the yeah, world. Yeah, that maybe people should stay um, away from. I mean, the spore planet, frankly. Oh my gosh, the paradise. Yeah, but like, what? Don't go back there, even though it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, I would volunteer to go to spore planet. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about spore planet a lot. But the the problem is, like, yeah, you don't want to go to spore. You don't, as the Federation, you don't want people going no. to spore planet. No, yeah. that should, yeah. if anything, be the death penalty planet. It's it's potentially as damaging like damaging to the federation as this planet Talos 4 because the Talosians are kind of just 
there. They just really want anywhere. a sample of humans. And yeah, they're not going to really do much else, right? They're not looking to conquer them. It's not like the Borg. Yeah. Yeah. They just want their like, little zoo. Not... Well, and okay, I mean, we're going to we're jumping much, much later, but they want they want workers essentially, right? They want people yeah, to rebuild which the planet. I don't know why why they wouldn't have made some kind of treaty with the Federation to be like, can you get volunteers for us? Yeah. Like <laughs> they Pike Pike almost gets there in like at the end of that the the well the cage essentially. Right, where he's at least having a conversation with them, and right. they're saying, "This is what we want," and he's saying, "You know, the things he should kind of be saying diplomatically as a captain." Why he doesn't just say, "You know, yeah, we could probably find somebody that Would will voluntarily right. come here. <laughs> we could find a colony, right? Yeah, yeah that yeah. wants to come and and work this world because plot. Um, yeah, because plot. Plot needs to yeah. be driven forward, but. They got closer than they usually do, is I guess what I'd say. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So you have all these, you have this message that doesn't exist. And Kirk's like, Spock would never lie to me. And everybody else is like, but he did though. (laughs) Would anybody be, the only thing they have is like, come visit Captain Pike. Would anybody be that worried or suspicious about a message like that? That's basically just, hey, come visit this guy. I think, right, one of them tosses out a line that, like, you know, if this, maybe you were being diverted from where you were supposed to be, and that could be, like, that could be a precursor to a Romulan attack or a Klingon attack that, like, that they're trying to move around Mm -hmm. the starships that would be the ones that would counter this attack, right? So, having no answer to that, I think, does warrant them digging into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's the Federation's flagship. Right. So yeah. yeah. So if it's being diverted, you don't know what sort of nefarious background plots going on there. So I, I do think yeah. that Kirk's right to be concerned, and he's right to get upset. Although he gets sort of irrationally angry, um, mm-hmm. kind of toxic yeah. angry. But I, I do think that makes sense. Um, okay. So, because I, I guess I didn't think about it that way. Because I yeah. just kept being like, why is everybody so worked up about this one message? That's just because like, military well, strategy. That's right. To some degree, too, though, I think Mendez is sort of just going through the motions for Kirk's sake. Um, that he, it's like, you know, he, I don't think he expects to find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just saying, well, yeah, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a star base. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> Let's look through our logs, right? This is a Tuesday. Like, there's no imminent threat. Let's look through our logs. Right. Let's double check them, triple check them. Be sure. I got nothing else pressing to do. <laughs> I think that's Mendez's. Okay. Uh, All right. Sort of I buy it. That's fine. So I just had that question. Back at the beginning, Piper and Kirk's attraction, one. Two, <laughs> that we're not about, <laughs> about Helen. <laughs> yes. How many women has Kirk dogged? <laughs> and two, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Bones' side eye when that happens. <laughs> Phones is just like, uh, again? Oh, Helen, great. <laughs> I And again, it's, it's like, this is a pretty early filmed episode, right? And just, they have the characters down. It reminds me so much of um, Nancy, the Nancy episode. Gosh, what's that called? Uh, Man Trap. Yeah, right? Man Trap yeah. episode. Which where they also have would have been a good episode down. for this, this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. at least the cage, right? The yeah. cage could have been called the Man Trap. Um, 
yeah so um oh also paul i have a note when um kirk is trying to catch up is that shuttlecraft really the fastest ship they have on that starbase <laughs> so okay here's the trick i have that question but that's not the point <laughs> kirk picked that because he knew that it would not I, have life support to get yeah, him. Yeah, okay, that makes right? more sense. So that's a that's so part Kirk, of his strategy. Yeah, Kirk intentionally mm-hmm. did not pick. Maybe there was another. Maybe you know another starship was there, right? right? And they could have chased them, like legit chased them. That was not Kirk's plan. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's one of these where like I have the note, and then like oh okay that note doesn't go anywhere because <laughs> it's part of Kirk's plan. Um, a lot of which these, which is all part of Spock's plan. <laughs> yeah, which is nested. All of Kirk's plan is nested within Spock's plan. Spock knows Kirk really well. It's worth pointing out. I think. Yeah, it's true. already like they've only been serving together, presumably like less than six months, and he has Kirk down. Yeah, it's it's true, and he knows it's... what the con. I think he even long terms knows that there's he's not going to get in any trouble. I think. I think he, Spock I is think willing. He, I think Spock is willing to pay the price if that's what it comes to. I yeah, think I he's too. not willing. He's not willing to hurt Kirk, right? Yeah. But he's willing to hurt himself to save Pike. Yes, well, right. Which is Pike. a recurring. We'll talk about what that means, but yeah. Um, so are we still? Yeah. I think we're still before Kirk um, catches up because I want to talk about bones. Um, always do. Bones does not have much play <laughs> in this episode, so we're going to talk about like the one bone scene. Okay, well, there's two I want to talk about, but I really like the bones defending Spock scene. Um, this is the one where I think like uh, Kirk gets really almost unnecessarily agitated. I mean, there's only two bone scenes. Why don't we just talk about them both in order? Okay. Well, uh, also, I think I I, I do love because I didn't remember that he got called up to the ship as part of Spock's plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is so freaking grumpy there i i loved it and also i was just like how often do you need the cmo and the answer is only when spock manipulates you <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i just and it's again part of great planning for spock it really is he's like bones come here i have some stuff you need to listen to and he's like has this recording of kirk's voice that's like do what spock says don't ask questions <laughs> and bones is like yep. yeah okay that checks out <laughs> checks out <laughs> which means he reads bones perfectly which means in some way spock's anticipating the other part of this scene right which is bones is like so like bones so obviously he likes trust and respect Spock like totally behind in that whole behind his back scene which I don't know if we like had picked up on too much to episodes prior to this I mean and certainly in episodes I know we haven't talked about like the Galileo 7 but you get the impression that like from some of these uh season one episodes that Bones like really doesn't like him at all Oh, I don't think so. I think all of Bones' interactions with Spock is not that he doesn't like and respect him as an officer. I think it's just they are such different personalities and Bones likes messing with Spock. Like, I I have never thought that Bones doesn't like Spock or trust him. It's always just like, you're so weird, man. Like, we have completely different reactions to everything in the world. Like, whatever. (laughs) But I'm going to mess with you at every opportunity because it's fun for me. That's fair. All right, I'm ready to talk about the second uh, Bones scene, which is as follows. Mm -hmm. The best scene in history of the world, where Bones is arresting Spock, but he's so terrible at command 
He doesn't know how to do it. And so he has to ask Spock how to arrest him. <laughs> That's all I want to say. And Spock's just like, now, doctor, you probably want to confine me to quarters. <laughs> and Bones is just like, <laughs> oh, I'm there's doing shifty of, eyes, listeners. There's a lot of good red herrings here, right? Because that's a red herring mm-hmm. that Spock's plan has failed. Right. Right? That that Spock, that Kirk called Spock's bluff, and Spock conceded, right? That he said, okay, I, my plan, I was trying to do something, I failed. Um, <laughs> but again, it's all part of his plan, so. Oh, it's so perfect. Then he gets taken to the court of space law. Well, before that, you guys, space, when... Um, space law and order. After the... Uh, law and order, Starfleet. Bum, bum. Right. After the shuttlecraft gets on, though, did you guys catch the part with Scotty? Scotty doesn't really talk, but he has that scene where um, the computers won't disengage the helm from computer control, and Scotty, like, huffs and throw down on his arm <laughs> and then just leaves the transport room. <laughs> I miss that. I miss that. It's he amazing. He kind of just like, he's like, I, I think it's because Scotty already kind of knows that he's like, I'm not going to be able to undo whatever I've done. <laughs> and he just like has a little tantrum and he goes out of the room and it's just like the best non-dialogue <laughs> Scotty scene that I have ever seen. <laughs> Also, since when does Spock have a spy camera in the transporter room, or is that part of the alien race? It might be the Telosians. Okay. Yeah. Everything they show on the screen is presumably Telosian, you know. Because Spock watches the engineering room from his quarters, but... Yes, and it's great because he just <laughs> is like, everything is going to play. <laughs> but he looks so troubled, right? You wouldn't know that... <laughs> Oh, okay, so Spock turns himself in, and he's like, court-martial me, and I plead guilty, and all that jazz. And they get Pike to act as, as a, the third person in the trial or whatever with, with fake Mendez. And <laughs> they start the video uh, from, from the original pilot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they start the footage of the original pilot. And I do like that it's like, uh, Chris, is that really you on screen? And I'm just like, no, it's it's a mirage. It's not really anybody. <laughs> and then he blinks, yes. <laughs> also, it's a uh, different actor, so not technically. <laughs> so technically, no. <laughs> but yeah, and then we see the original pilot. We start seeing footage from the original pilot. So I really like the female number one, and I really liked revisiting Major. her in Discovery. Major Barrett. Mm-hmm. She's great. Well, so, yeah, I mean, Nurse yeah, Chapel it's interesting that she was she was one of the cast. I mean, this counts as a recurring character, essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I was I had forgotten that Major Barrett was in the mm-hmm. um, pilot. pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's so, proto Spock. Yeah, she is proto Spock. Uh, essentially, yeah. essentially, because she's um, yeah, throughout the the pilot episode and throughout the scenes from the cage. It's basically like she has no emotions and she's a computer. Well, and, she's and it's an smart. interesting, it's interesting. Like, I like the character. Um, yeah, me too. But it's also very interesting that they liked her acting, but they didn't like her character. Um, I think that probably says a lot about how Sex this was 60s. rejected and rewritten. Yeah, the 60s. <laughs> uh-huh. um, that they were like, hmm, well, you know, and just a lot of hand wringing. And then, yeah, we could give her a different role that's not, like, second in command. 
Yeah. Um, even though I think she does a great job at it. Yeah, uh, and so. Paul, I think you'll really like second season of Discovery and you too, Abby, where she's like a regular character because it's she the reprise of her is just fantastic. She's she's great. She might be the best thing about that season of Discovery. I do miss as much as I love the trio of Kirk and Spock and Bones, I do wish like Uhura had more to do. I wish mm, there was yeah. another woman on the bridge. Or, like or Rander Chapel. Or Rander yeah. Chapel. Anybody had just a bit more to do because it is really cool to see Majel yeah. as the second in command of the Enterprise. Like it's just yeah. I agree. It's just nice. And I wish they had done more with women in TOS. Yeah. Oh, um, 60s. Especially Ruin in the Canada. command. In command. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's the big trick. And yeah. So they get into the planet. Did you guys know Nimoy was, or did you uh, see, notice that Nimoy was limping? No. Because I actually looked it up because I was so confused. And apparently he, Spock, that's purposeful. Spock is limping and Talos 4. Because the original script for the cage uh, indicated that he had been injured on the planet oh, the... that Pike and doc- the doctor are talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which oh, <laughs> and that scene with with the doctor on with Pike. Uh, apparently, alcoholism is a prerequisite for medical. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. It's just Roddenberry wants like this is the doctor he wants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can totally see how that's (laughs) proto-bones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I thought this character was horrible. And I think that the proto-bonesy parts... There's lots of bones parts that are just, like, horrible. Um, And I think a lot of them are written in this Doctor, too. Oh, it's it's Um, literally the same character. I think just acted by a different, older actor. Um, Well, I think that's part of it, right? That's part of this idea of, like they probably had casting notes from Roddenberry that was like, oh, it's a doctor, so it has to be an old white dude. Yeah. Um, right? And that casting note probably got passed on to DeForest Kelly as well, um, who's a little younger than this doctor, but, um, you know, older than a lot of the other cast. Um, and it just, again, it speaks to that, like, <laughs> that prejudice in casting that probably was was going on pretty uh Yeah, and, pretty you'll, and like, I noticed, too, when they had that first scene from the bridge of the original pilot from the cage, like, you can tell, like, there's way less diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, it's super less diverse. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, not that TOS is, like, a shining star, but at the same time, like, it's better than that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, at a least lot. Yeah. in the new one, there's, you know, Uhura and Sulu are there. So, like, that's nice. Whereas this is all white people and, you know, one alien. But I don't know that Spock really... Barely. I don't, it doesn't seem... Yeah, and, well, and Spock in the cage clips he really doesn't seem to be spock so much. yeah no like, he it's... smiles he's like yeah yeah he's he reacts he's really stuff, angry like... well because they yeah i mean they don't have him written as a vulcan because they don't have that word yet right they don't right. yeah he's just an so. alien so like yep yeah well while we're still on the first episode abby what'd you think of captain pike's makeup fine i guess although i do have questions about the like reconstructive capabilities of the 23rd century (laughs) yeah (laughs) that seem to be worse than the ones now (laughs) so there's that i guess they don't dwell on like his accident no but then mccoy mccoy has some weird lines about like you know, we could fix any organ except the brain, essentially. And it's like, well, it seems to be that <laughs> seems to me that uh, the brain's the one thing you're saying is working, and you yeah. can't fix any of the rest of them. 
Um, yeah, and that well, and I mean, you know, we have the prostheses. Like, even now, you know, there's lots like, of things. Stephen yeah, Hawking is um, a person who like. <laughs> well, and it depends. I mean, again, they don't dwell on what his injury is. It's presumably some sort of spinal injury. That's what I would would have um, guessed. Yeah, one would would think, mm. but it. I mean, that doesn't make a ton of sense either because they seem to imply it's radiation, right? I didn't understand um, that. Yeah. Well, they, because they don't dwell on the accident, which is probably the right choice. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm digging into it because they didn't, but they were right not to dig into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they just had some made up form of radiation and then like he's paralyzed. But there's not really any sort of theoretical framework you could build to connect those that would not be like that would not present this sort of symptomology, right? Yeah. Like facial burns, um, neck down paralysis, um, full brain functioning. Um, right. No, all, f- full organ failure, right? Because they imply that like every one of his organs is also not working. Um, Which is why he has to be in that like aside iron from lung, the brain. Right? Essentially, I guess. Um, like that's not for movement, I thought. Yeah, again, they don't dwell on it. But, yeah, it's probably because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what they do. Well, yeah. staying on the planet, um, there's a there's several differences um, between that original the ca- uh, the cage pilot and um, uh, TOS. Did you guys like the 1960s uh, beachwear people walking around the ship? Yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they must be off duty, <laughs> <laughs> like completely off duty. I also really liked Pike's quarters, uh, um, which are like a lot nicer than the officers' quarters that they show on <laughs> TOS. Um, there's a lot more jumpsuits in the original, uh, including the doctor's jumpsuit. Uh, I think that the transporter people always wear jumpsuits. Did you guys like the original brown shirts and the original necklines on the women? I loved the women's necklines. I thought that was awesome. I did too. I'm <laughs> kind of sad they took that out. Yeah, I also liked that Mato was wearing pants. She wasn't in a dress. Yeah. Or like, and so yeah. was the, the yeoman, yeah. or whatever her name was. Like, they were in pants. I was like, yes. Thank you, because that was practical. And not, like, super high super heels. Practical. No, I liked her outfit a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. It was great. Especially those it. goggles. Yeah. I like those, those goggles. goggles. I liked uh, the shiny jacket. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> those yeah, I agree. sparkly travel jackets. I want ten of them. I want to wear one every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, as a full uniform, like, that, it was a great uniform. Yeah, the design was good. Um, design oh and they're carrying also when they do oh and the original transporter sound i actually kind of like better than the tos they had a lot of good foley work in the cage uh i'll toss that out there Mm -hmm. when um they're having he's having that fight with whatever that thing is uh there's some great like just weapon foley of like (laughs) (laughs) hitting them with a yeah it's well sounds that those props should not be making that they get in there pretty pretty cleanly (laughs) they also have space luggage when they transport that space backpack with like the wires the bunny ears sticking out of it that space backpack is amazing um finally there's one i didn't like uh on the original bridge how they print the paper i think it's probably for the best they got rid of that (laughs) and replaced it with pads yeah Yeah. but other than that yeah I really, uh, I was really into the original, yeah, the design, all the original designs. The design was good. Yeah, design was super strong. It was great. I mean, and the if we want to get a little bit more into costume corner with like the design for the Telosians costumes oh, and sure. their brains, the yeah, and the, like it was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's one of those where they didn't 
Like they could have just had one or two and they had a handful. Yeah. Yeah, it so, was nice. They must have had some money to make that pilot, I was thinking, with all the... I mean, they spent a lot. Well, I mean, that Desi Lou money, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean... It's that I Love Lucy money rolling in. Yeah. <laughs> how how does their telepathy work with those aliens? Um, um, it just works. Space powers. Okay. Space powers. <laughs> um, so... It's an interesting, I mean, I'm sure we'll have a much more uh, an in-depth discussion of this later, but, um, I mean, from a and d perspective, they're, um, they're, they're mages, but they're illusionists, right? So they, their school is illusion magic. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's powerful enough. But when we talk about somebody like Mitchell or, uh, Mitchell or, um, Tre- uh, Trelane, oh, yeah, right? They're more like conjuration magic. Um, and that's not to say, you know, they're different. They're different, but, you know, I don't think Trelane has the sort of illusory magic that they do, right. um, but they don't have the sort of conjuration magic he does. So. Nonetheless, for being illusionists, some of it's really quite horrifying. Like, that food torture scene with Pike oh, is sure. really disturbing. It is, it is disturbing. It's really mildly horrifying. I, so yeah. it is It is one of those questions that gets written down, and then later sort of Spock explains it away, but... Um, it is a question in the middle of like, why would he want to go back to this? Um, that's a very valid question in the middle. Well, and I thought they were going to um, get there. I thought they were going to like have been nicer to them, maybe, or something at the end. Well, and that's sort of the that's sort of the wrap at the end. Yeah, I think. at and, the end, yeah. And that's the reveal. That's the reveal on um, Vina. What's her name? Vina. Vina yeah, yeah. Um, that's why there's that reveal on Vina. Oh, clearly. Um, or that's why they built that reveal on Vina into this plot. Um, because that's the turn, right? That's the point where it's like, oh, I see why Spock did it. Mm-hmm. Because he's already, like, this is already, like, they've said to them, um, here's a person who was injured in a shuttle crash. And, you know, we have them live the life, whatever they want. Okay. Which has... Disturbing messages in well, it, in it yeah, of, that's a whole of itself. So the ableist but, message is obviously super disturbing. We can talk about yes. that. But can we talk about the difference between Vina and Pike? Because Pike is completely like a mind trapped in a completely defunct body. And apparently they have no communication like abilities in the future either that they can set him up with. One. Vina is hmm. just ugly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she implies that she... Yeah, I mean, I mean she's, she implies, she's walking right, around, like, she's a little, like, hobbled, but presumably maybe the Federation could... Yeah, I don't know how they don't have medicine in the 23rd century that could, like, basically fix what the Telosians couldn't. Like, well, so the, the, she know. says that the Telosians fixed her, but didn't really have a template to do it. Right, right. So, and I think the implication is, like, yeah, they, like put arms back on but like maybe not in the right places and you know that sort of stuff like everything well, can't, works, why can't they but, fix that i don't like now that they um, have a template well and i'm not sure why maybe, they wouldn't yeah. have had a like a template via her her like Hermes. mind or, like she would at the least, fact that yeah sure sure she would at least have known what people look like <laughs> like how or could their they have own... not gone into <laughs> Or their own humanoid forms. <laughs> Which are remarkably similar BT dubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, minus the giant um, head. Like, it just... Yeah. It doesn't so, make a whole I'm not lot saying it works perfectly, but I, I, I mean, I think that's the episode's answer to that question. Yeah. 
Um, but yes, sweetest. I also agree <laughs> that is a super like ableist message of like, yeah, oh yeah, um, you can't do anything even from the very start of that. Oh, when yeah. they take mm-hmm. into the into Pike's room and they're like, oh well, he was so promising and now his life's his over. Life's over. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very um, very. Very, very, yeah. Uh, so upsetting. I think that's troubling. Um, but then there is that question here of like, th- that's the answer to your question, I guess, is maybe the long and the short of it. Why would Pike want to go back here? It's because it's, you know, it's essentially, it's a simulation, right? right. gets to just like sit in a room on their planet and live in a simulation. So Yeah, which I guess isn't like a terrible solution for him because he's going to be able to live his life with this girl who he woman i guess who he i presumably has feelings for i i don't know i will say that 15 minutes to the end of the second episode i i knew i remembered from having watched menagerie before that it all ended up okay but i couldn't remember exactly how it did yeah same here. and i was like same how here. are they possibly gonna wrap this up in like the next 10 <laughs> minutes like it's like impossible and yeah. then they like managed so- to <laughs> So to your point, though, Chelsea, because I think there is a part of it that I that doesn't get answered, um, is that question of they're still just illusionists, right? And what they want Pike and uh, Vina to Vina to do is um, basically till the soil, like to to build cities, to like mm-hmm. build things on the planet, to like return plant life and return an atmosphere and all these sorts of things that have gone wrong, and. I get that if they're just like, if Pike is just sitting in a room somewhere and they say, live this life in your mind, but that's an illusion. Yeah. They want him to actually be doing those things, like tilling the soil. And so without like getting his actual physical body to a point where he can do that, um, that does not fulfill their plan. Yeah. And so that, so I agree. So I was confused as to... I think that the writers just must not have thought this through because he's well, or they did, and they said, "Don't think too hard about right. it." Right? <laughs> yeah, because so essentially, he's what he's really going there for is like either one out of the kindness of their hearts, or two, essentially to be like the zoo exhibit, like for entertainment. Uh, but like he's not yeah, actually but... like rebuilding their planet if it is all an illusion, and neither is Vina. Yeah, and I think that the zoo exhibit is is. I don't know. I think that's a read on this that gets unwritten at the end that like, that's not what the Telosians actually want. They, they're not building a zoo. They're trying to rebuild the planet. They're trying, right. they, they're, they've been I trying agree. to find a species that would be, I mean, a charitable read symbiotic with them in rebuilding. Which the planet. means that it's essentially it's their, what Pike and Vina are doing is condemning their future offspring to like being a race yes. of slaves. Because they're not well, going to do it, but their kids are well, going to do it. And that's the that's where the charitable read is some sort of symbiotic relationship. That okay, it's not, let's say that. <laughs> that it's the same as if this... So, remove the Telosians, and this is a planet that the Federation has just taken control of and doesn't have an atmosphere or anything like that, and you're part of the colony ship that goes there. Like, then you are... You're you're writing that check for your offspring to also do this work. Right. And so the Telosians are kind of saying, we're looking for a colony ship. And they just don't get that word out. They don't get that verbiage. Um, they want a colony ship. What they'll take is two humans. 
Um, <laughs> and what they have to offer above and beyond that is a holodeck, essentially. Yeah, and in the end, right? they're painted as they're more sympathetic. Like, they actually do want to help Pike and, and yeah. Gina, and which I guess makes it more okay. Yeah, and again, if that's the bill you're trying to sell, like, if I'm pitching that to the Federation, you say, hey, we need a colony ship. And yeah, there's going to be some other aliens there, and they promise not to torture you. Um, but if if we do like colonize this planet, they did promise to set up a holodeck <laughs> because that's what they have. And to be f- right, that's what they're offering. Right, that's it's a holodeck. And to be fair, both Vina and Pike do want to be there in the end. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mostly. they don't really have much Mostly. of a choice, or at least they both see it as not having much of a choice. But in the end, they both agree. That that's their better option. I just hope like they get checked up on from time to time. <laughs> well, you know Whoa. that they'll send a you know they'll send a ship for two people. <laughs> that's true. It'll except, be the except to the planet they send Kantu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they forgot about they that. One. Don't check up on <laughs> Never that. Never check them out. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and then things go terribly awry. <laughs> yeah. Um. I will say, guys, not only is the original prop ray gun super cool, but that machine they set up to blast on the door. Oh, my God. That <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I like both of those I quite a lot. I loved them. <laughs> they are pretty great. I wonder what the prop note they got on the phasers was. Um, because I'm betting they got a prop note, make them look less like guns. Um, yeah. I bet that's the prop note that came across. And and they it's the only one that it can make sense, yeah. but and I think potentially rightly so. You know, I, I think that is a good prop note, but those do look cool. So, yeah. so it seems like we're pretty we much got lots the... of twisty parts, and you know, yeah. So I think we're at the end, basically. Can we go over how Spock exactly got off of the crime? It was basically they had also, the Talosians also sent feeds of what had happened there many many moons ago. So that the to the Federation Commodore to the Federation to be like this is what presumably, really happened presumably right because they didn't say that right or did no, I miss they, it no they kind of did they yeah. did get a message from Mendez at Starbase yes that said we've gotten the transmissions oh or they something. they did yeah. say they got the transmissions okay yeah, they got the transmissions we understand this is best for Pike so it's totally fine and we're not going to press charges it doesn't even have to be the Talosian transmission right Spock mm-hmm. could have just like put a camera on the wall and been like record and send this to starbase 11 that's true um and just shut down communications only this outgoing signal is allowed and they just watch the trial unfold there the same as they like so yeah it's it's the enterprise's hall it makes everything like rebound elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) it's a special it's a special kind of like metal and (laughs) nothing they do is ever bad enough uh, and they can get out of anything because they are the flagship. So moral ethics are uh, questionable at best. Everyone is chaotic good. No <laughs> well, <laughs> and it's a question of like, well, there's two questions. Um, Just two. Pike presumably, yes. Well, there's two about this. There's Pike presumably questions. put all of this in a report when he left the first time. Right. right? There's that, somebody that, higher up at Starfleet that who knows, knows what this. happened. Yeah. On and that's why. And that's why they put this directive in place that said, don't go there. Um, but if somebody got this full report, including the stuff at the end where the Talosians were just like, hey, look, we just want to build a surface. We're not evil. 
Like, why put the death penalty on that planet? Well, the argument was they didn't want humanity to be tempted by what happened to the Telosians, where they learned to basically live in their heads and not live in the real world. Was kind of the was that that was the argument I got from the text. Yeah, of the which does make sense. I'd buy that. So it's I a, mean, it's a well, protection. But the long arc of the Telosians is that they have that they've come full spin on that, and they're back to saying, "Look, we want to rebuild our planet and live in the real world." Yeah. Um, but we need help. Right. And I don't really under... Yeah, that, which is why it still doesn't make sense to me. And they like, should have... The only... Yeah. Yeah. Which, frankly, a- apply for Federation Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they right. should have at that point been contacted <laughs> by the Federation to get this worked out, right? Because, right. boy, that would be great to have the Telosians on your right? side. Uh, Absolutely. Like... Yeah, I, I honestly do not buy the argument they make that they're like, we don't want... Uh, people of the Federation have the temptation that, you know, what happened to us would happen to them where we don't li- no. we didn't live in the real world for too long. I'm like, dude, I think you're like a spacefaring race and you could easily get into the Federation and like the Federation could learn from your mistakes and you guys could like no. hang out and fix your planet and stuff. Like this seems like a perfect it's, relationship. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think it's, you know, I think they got, Kind of there, but it's muddled. Yeah, it's obviously it, it could have. Yeah, I don't really understand why they needed to block and put the death penalty on this planet. I agree. I Doesn't really, make sense. I don't get it, and I don't support it. <laughs> okay, people, let's talk about some messages now. So, first of all, I think pretty clearly we can read this episode as a commentary on freedom, and uh, it's important most of the time. So, of course, there's the free... Well, so there, there is that part at the end, right, where the Telosians, like, come up and they're like... Um, the Telosians are like, hey, did you read all the history books that we took out of his mind or whatever? I think that was a weird scene. Uh, and they're like, oh, we didn't understand that, like... You, you hate uh, captivity so much. <laughs> you don't like being tossed in a cage. Right, exactly. Also, I didn't I didn't count how many times they said cage, but it, there's several. it was a bunch. There's several. There's several. Does, they said menagerie. They said menagerie once. Yeah, they did. The menagerie. says menagerie once. So it's worth, uh, it's worth sort of bringing up... Um, so we all watched this also as the cage, the, separate from the menagerie. Um, what this would have been like as a pilot, right? If if we watch this without all the dressing around it, um, the menagerie bits, what this actually feels like as a pilot. Yeah, it's okay. The thing I liked most was the font. Oh, see, I at the beginning. Mm, I <laughs> that's what you liked the most. I didn't like it. Yeah. I was mad about it because I, I, I like I like I really no. like the blue shadows. I like the Trek font, and I didn't care for this. I, like literally, my first note is glad they changed the font. <laughs> <laughs> and my first note is I really like the font. <laughs> I did like the um, the zoom in they did, which is also how Spock yeah. starts the like um, the video reel in the Menagerie. Um, of the zoom in from the star background in the Enterprise mm. into the into the bridge. That was cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's very Star Warsy. Also, um, I thought it was kind of disconcerting to not have the voiceover. Oh yeah, sure, that's fair. Yeah, I also I enjoyed the little mini musical montage while they were working. It was like space work, space work, I space work. Da 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 da. Yeah. There is a lot more of the ship and just people doing stuff um, 
in the cage than the menagerie too. Yeah. I mean this this ran this was a long pilot. Yeah, it was right? this long. Was over an hour. Over an hour. It was long. Um, which is crazy for a pilot. I think it didn't um, help that since we just watched Menagerie too. Like I, I that did not help because I was like I've already just watched this. <laughs> yeah, not it's not that it felt long. I'm just saying that's a long No, run it is time a long run time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it also did feel yeah, long. <laughs> I think both those things are are 100% yeah. true. I do kind um, of miss that um that number one doesn't make the crossover from the original pilot. Yeah. Like, I'm glad Spock does because Spock. I love her. But, like, I kind of wish there was, like, a lady in the main, like, besides Uhura, in the main cast. That'd be cool. On the bridge, hanging yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. No, she was one of the stronger parts of this episode. Oh, for sure. Really. Yeah. Like. Like, she was smart and she actually, knew, like, was doing things. <laughs> Which was great. Yeah, number one has everything to recommend her. And she does in the new series, too. Like, she's smart. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's got, like, this very serious personality that makes you, um, like, really respect her. I don't know. She's just fantastic. She gives, like, great orders and leads really well. I think the rest of the cast, right? So, the doctor I kind of hated. Yeah, I wasn't a I mean, fan. He was maybe a little better in the cage than the menagerie. No but... Bones. Well, <laughs> although I mean, he does drink. <laughs> I hate the parts of Bones that are still parts of him, right? <laughs> um, what do you mean? She said very English. <laughs> oh, well, no, he it just says no. And this doctor, much more than Bones, has this like air of, um, just like I don't know eminence maybe right this idea that he like he's just been at it so long that it doesn't care what anybody else thinks or like you know if there was some new medicine he'd be like whatever i know how to do medicine right he has that air about him of like i'm an old man and i could do whatever i want and privilege <laughs> essentially un- is what you're saying um yeah but the like star trek version of that which is even more so um yeah definitely i mean privilege is a way to spin that but um, it's more than that because, yeah, maybe that is a way, good, good way to summarize it, but I don't like the doctor. <laughs> I don't know how much yeah, I like Pike, great. honestly. Like, I, I kind of got annoyed with him because he's, he's, I, I think I have to find, I think I have a note about it somewhere, but Pike reads, yeah, I do have a note. It's, he reads kind of just angry and like, he doesn't like space. Whereas at least Kirk still has that kind of joy in space travel. And like mm-hmm. Kirk or Pike just kind of yeah. feels like he's like, I'm done with this. I'm over it. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm here because I feel like it's my duty. And that's no fun. Well, and maybe, I agree. Maybe having like a weight of the commands episode as like the pilot was a little early. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it sets well with this script, though, because it, and again, maybe not as a pilot, but um, it's a good arc where at the beginning he's saying, you know, I don't know, maybe I just go back home to Earth and, like, live on this ranch outside of town or something. Um, And then he gets taken to this planet, and they're like, hey, you could do all these things and more. Uh, And he's like, oh, wait, I guess I do. Maybe this stuff is boring. Maybe I do want to be in space. So it's a good arc for him. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just, maybe that's not the arc you build into a pilot. No, because you don't really know anything about this character. Yeah. Or... I think that's the problem. Yeah. So it's hard to, to even sympathize with him. Yeah. Um, 
I will say I watched the remastered version so often, it, I was kind of surprised to see a non-remastered episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it is fun, because there would be no reason to remaster this one, right? Right. Um, so That low-rent um, slideshow is uh, pretty great. They're going through all the drawings of what the people look like and all the like that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I like that a lot. I have a note about that, too. I thought that was really fun. Also, that original red alert sound, I'm glad they improved that. I don't think I remember it. Um, it was like a more annoying, more frequent version of the regular red alert. Like, huh? 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 And I was like, oh my god, it's like my phone, but even more annoying. I Listeners, like my... if you don't know, my alarm is the red alert. I like I my alerts to be that. more like klaxon, klaxon, <laughs> klaxon. Oh, it does feel a lot more like a zoo this time. I will say that. Um, uh, yeah, and the different yeah. animals I kind of like. And yeah, I liked get... the bird creature. That was cool. Yeah, you get more of the telosians. Um, yeah. Though again, they're bad at scales, right? I won't dwell on it. But they're talking about like what they say yeah. a thousand centuries. Like, come on, yeah. that's a hundred thousand years. That's a long time. Mm. Um, um, I think their arc, though, is interesting. It's it's very well kept in the menagerie, but, um, again, this isn't a bad episode. No, it's fine. Um, I don't think. I mean, I'm not sure I would, you know, have it for a pilot of a television series and have it be the first episode of Star Trek that anybody sees, but, like, but it's enjoyable enough, and it's pretty spacey, and... You could do worse. Oh, yeah, you definitely could. <laughs> We've seen worse. Yeah, that's true. I'll say, again, not a great episode for women. Sure. I mean, besides um, having number one and the other, the Yeoman, which I like, uh, but the casual sexism on the bridge. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, that. that's one of the, yeah, so some of the lines that got cut for the menagerie um, seemingly those? got cut <laughs> for a fairly good reason. Um, yeah, there's, there's several lines in there that are just like. Yeah. You're different, yeah. number one. Yeah. You can see in her face that she's like, if you were not my commanding officer, I would deck you right now. Yeah, there's some some cringeworthy stuff in there. Yeah, Um, well, and the whole ending with the yeoman. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, and who would ask that question? Like, literally, who would ask that question? No one. Well, and it's an interesting... So the the ending is also different here because they had to wrap it um, in that a version of... Well, not a version of him, but a, you know, simulation of him stays on the planet mm-hmm. um which right is an interesting spin for an episode i guess it still introduces a lot of questions and potential problems but oh, yeah um, there's a lot of questions i think we all have about that <laughs> problems so many problems <laughs> anyway but overall i think yeah, it's fine I still would have wanted to watch more after just watching it, but I ho- I guess I would have hoped it would have gotten a little better. Yeah. I guess also if I had been watching it in the 60s. Um, <laughs> yeah. But not bad as a pilot. Yeah, it's fine. Antagonists? Yeah. Let's talk about the antagonists. Yeah, so Telosians, huh? Boy, they, sure. they, this jumped around in my mind a whole bunch throughout this episode. So they're alien um, powers, right? They're not superhumans. No... No, this is space powers, right? This is like... I kind of would put them up with, like, superhumans and gods because they're, like... Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like Parmen. 
No, yeah. they're well above that, yeah, I think. Yeah, no. I um, mean, I, I so, would put them on, like, Magmar or... Yes, like... that's where I'm looking, too. Um, because <laughs> oh, it is he, definitely... Like, I would probably put them right below Mitchell and above the alien life form from Day of the Dove, because, like, the Day of the Dove elf was, like, made people mad and stuff, but it didn't make them see things that weren't there. <laughs> like... It, it, I would, I would, because they, you basically lived in their illusion and couldn't tell the difference between reality and illusion. I would put them. Oh, he is really similar to Elf. Yeah. Yeah. The question I have, right. And this is where I sort of used that analogy before, or I use that, that prop. Uh, uh, so thinking about this from a D and D perspective, we do this occasionally, but that difference <laughs> between illusion magic and conjure magic, like Mitchell has some powers and the Telusians have some powers, right. uh, and they're different, mm-hmm. but they're potentially pretty similar. Um, they can't make stuff appear, but they can do a lot of stuff. Um, and so, on one level, it's apples and oranges, but they're in that zone, yeah. almost even up to the... Like, part of me almost... At times in the episode, I go back and forth with Trelane. I don't think that they go up there. I mean, because they don't seem to... No, they're not a world destroyer. They don't even really go off... They don't go off their world, right? They kind of wait for people to come but, to them. But they were able to project an image of, of Mendez in the Kirk's mind uh, somewhere that is about six, six days, days of away. travel away. Yeah. That's, like, that's true, but, but they're only probably when not going on impulse. Yes, but they can, but can do that. But they can do it. Though. Yes, so, so are we judging on potential or what actually happened? No, they did it. They, they did, did it in the though. episode. <laughs> like, they made, well, yeah, they yeah, but interfered what I'm with is they, Kirk's they, mind. They're not using it for nefarious purposes or not like... That isn't, they don't have to. they're capable of it, though. Yeah. Right, like, they could, so are we judging based on possibilities or are we judging on what happens in the episode? I think if it's what's happened, it's... It's, it's what happened now. in the episode. No, because but, they don't do anything bad with it. They do it to help Mitchell. <laughs> or not Mitchell. They do it to help um, uh, Pike. But again, we, we've said it's not It's not about this is good or bad and only the bad stuff counts. Like, again, when Guardian of Forever, who we just talked about, like, is super neutral. Like, is not doing anything bad or good, but is terrifically powerful at Yeah, I really don't timeline. think Guardian of Forever is super neutral um, because by showing them their, these linchpin sort of situations, I think he's really kind of leaning towards not neutral. I think he's really leaning towards the batter. But it doesn't that. matter because we're not talking about <laughs> We're not going back to that. But again, <laughs> and, and again, McCoy jumps through accidentally. So um, all, all, there's lots of things in that. But We're talking about the Telosians. Just talking about how powerful they are. I really don't um, think they're above Mitchell. I think if we put them in a... Oh, you said the Tribbles, right? The Tribbles like, aren't the Tribbles aren't malicious. Right, they're just Tribbles. But I, I would put... I put the Telosians right below Mitchell because my differentiation is while the Telosians are very powerful and can make you see things that aren't there, what they do is essentially not real. Whereas yeah. Mitchell's powers makes things real and like can super I, I like make things appear or whatever. So I would put them, I would still put it above the elf from Day of the Dove because that thing, while it makes you feel things, it can't make you behave in a way kind of that you wouldn't it doesn't put you in situations it just exaggerates where, your behavior yeah it exaggerates your behavior it doesn't and it doesn't make yeah. you see things that aren't there like it it 
Well, I mean, it kind of does. Didn't it make Chekhov yeah, think kinda. like he had a sibling? <laughs> well, yeah, it messes with your brain or whatever. But like, it doesn't. It doesn't place yeah. you in an un- non-existent situation. It doesn't like, put you it, in a holodeck. Right. Right. It doesn't put you in the holodeck, like like the Telosians do. And I kind of put that higher because if it makes you smell, taste, see things that aren't there, that's a whole different. That kind level. of tr- that like trumps things for me and puts it above Alf and below Mitchell. That's well, and I, I think that's one of the that's one of the things we haven't talked about here. That is one of those like undercurrents and and really good sci-fi pulls of this is that idea that like your perception is your reality. Yeah. Um, it's not what you smell or taste or hear or see. Um, it is what your perceptual centers of your brain tell your consciousness you are touching and tasting and seeing and hearing. Um, and if those things are happening, that is indistinguishable. That, that is your reality. Perception is mm-hmm. reality, not um, at least from a, a perceptual standpoint. Um, to you, um, perception is reality. Um, and so in that sense, like that is the power of this illusory, I keep calling it illusory magic, but, uh, that is the power that is that Telosian space powers. Like, um, if they send signals to his mind to say like, Hey, you're in a fire pit, like they do, like he's in a fire pit, Mm -hmm. um, and getting out of that, like they don't even make the break of like, you could know it's not real. Cause that would be an interesting pull to say. I know it's not real, and then, like, willpower, you break out of it. Um, that would be an interesting pull. Um, but they don't. The, like, to, the Telosians relax all of it and say, like, right. you can see where you broke through this Because even when Pike thing. knows that it is an illusion, he cannot get out of it. Like, yes. it still happens. He realizes that it is not real, but it is still happening. Right. So I'm not going to fight, I think, to put them above Mitchell, because I think in my mind they're like dead even with Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether they're below or above him, I think they're both kind of like first, au- first authors listed alphabetically. Um, <laughs> well, and t- Mitchell does beat Telosians on that front. So, <laughs> Well, and I think Mitchell eventually, had he lived, would have definitely beaten them soon. Well, we've taken that off the table, right? Like that's fully off the table. It's in episode, Mitchell was killed. <laughs> Nonetheless. Because uh, Mitchell, Mitchell would have become a Q. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even so, like, yeah, cues are conjurers, not illusionists. Um, which is higher. Yeah. Which, which is, yeah. well, it's apples and oranges. I think they're just different, not necessarily more powerful. Um, because, again, conjuring something in the world is the exact same thing of conjuring something in someone's mind to that person. Okay, let's do our bingo. Uh, I don't think there were a ton of cliches. Does Bones drink if it's the other doctor? No. <laughs> um, Checking for a friend. I think there aren't that many, but there's also twice as much runtime. Yeah, but I still don't think that. There's a captain's log. I'm sure. Actually, I'm not sure Spock's logical or fascinating. There's a recurring character. No one dies. There's no time travel. There's no Klingons or whatever. Is the visiting Commodore a jerk? Kind of. Is he visiting? Mm. I don't know. Um, no, I would say he's kind of fine. He's, well, he does what he has to do. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Um, I don't I I say no. There's really not that much. Um, it's still I mean, weapons and communicators don't work. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a struggle, I think, because so many things are the cage, which doesn't have any of those. Yeah, it's, it's just learning to be TOS. 
Well, I think the TOSE shell on this, the Menagerie shell on this is good. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I would be hard-pressed to come up with, like, more things that are on our sheet. Yeah. Other than, like, communicators and weapons don't work. Any clarifiers, Abby? Um, I do have some clarifiers. Oh, wait. Sorry, Paul. Do you want to say no, then? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see how we get there. Okay. Okay. Um, I only have two for the sheet for clarifiers. So Spock shows emotion. Um, he he I, smiles and is happy. Well, that, he there's does that in, the, in cage, the cage. But I also would argue early in the episode, early in the menagerie section of the episode, he kind of like has emotional reactions to yeah, some stuff. I agree. Like I would, yeah. I would argue that. I agree. No, I would say it's at least safe because he does. The, in the whole cage. Lin- he super does. In the the cage. linchpin of this yeah. episode is that Spock has emotions, right? <laughs> that he cares about Pike. That yeah, right. that he, that he right. loves to help his old friend. So we can agree that Spock shows emotion. Yes. Okay, cool. I, I was leaning that way, but I did want to talk about it. And then, okay, this one this one gets a little weird. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> I'm buckling in. Buckle in, guys. Uh, Nurse Chapel appears. Oh, that's Ooh. tough. Because Majel's there. She's a different character. But, but that also, actor's there. But also, it's Majel. And, like, that's kind of her proto-character. Like, I, I could go either way on it, but I, because this is the cage and because it's menagerie, I kind of say, chapel. I'm, I'm leaning it's no too, and you know how I love to give us everything. Yeah. I think that you could have a square that says Major Barrett appears, um, <laughs> which would well, then would also give you any of the computers. Because she's the computer. Yeah. Well, she's the computer's not in every episode. No, that's true. That's true. It's not. So. But yeah, but. a fair amount. Yeah, I agree. I think the actor. I mean, the the character's so different. Okay, that's fine. I I do love Major Barrett. Yeah, I mean, Major Barrett's amazing. I like her better in the brown wig than the blonde wig, by the way. Well, I think that's her natural hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the blonde is a wig. I am pretty yeah. sure Major Barrett I, is a brunette. Would... I think that oh, track. yeah, I don't know. Well, I I think she's brunette, but I didn't know that was her. I It still kind of looked like to me. Maybe it wasn't, though. Maybe it was her hair. For sure. Okay, Um, we are one away. And really? what we needed. What? Wow. Did we only have, like, four things show up on the sheet and they're all in a row? No. Um, There's actually quite a bit in this episode. Um, uh, We needed Nurse Chapel to be there. <gasps> <laughs> a decent amount so there is a recurring actor um several yep. recurring yeah. actors obviously yeah. Yeah. um there's captain's log there's space powers communicators don't work weapons don't work the away team is trapped on the planet yeah, sure. um and then not on the sheet uh the vulcan neck pinch and the title of the episode is said the so, neck like, pinch has... oh yeah what i forgot about the neck pinch there's two yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, he does get a few people. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like, there's there are there are definitely several. And if you guys had had agreed that Nurse Chapel was there, we would have gotten. That's why you asked the clarifier. No, it's not why I asked the clarifier. It is. I really did want to have that conversation, but I would have been happy if you guys had said yes, Nurse Chapel's there. <laughs> Hashtag regrets. So... That she just changed careers. That 13 what years way. later, she uh, snuck back on the Enterprise. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, they never name she's just number one that's true she could have just changed you don't know her name could have been yeah. christine chapel yeah that's fair <laughs> that's true 
All right, guys. Shall we just discover what our 51st episode will be? Yeah. Spock's brain. <laughs> it's in here. It's in here somewhere. Fingers uh, crossed. Spock's brain. All right. What is see. it? Let's see. Do, do, do. Okay. Well, this is an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh, we're going to season two. And we're going okay. to, to watch a piece of the action. Oh. The crew of the Enterprise struggles to cope with a planet of imitative people who have modeled their society awesome. on 1920s gangsters. <laughs> awesome. This is one that my roommate was watching like just a couple months ago, and I saw it and I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not one of my favorites. I mean, it's not Spock's brain, but I think I like Spock's brain better for different reasons. Oh, I am very excited about it. I can't wait to draw this one. <laughs> Oh, the costumes alone are going to make me really happy. This is I such mean, a brutal episode. Is, uh, I mean, we do have a lot of fun talking about the terrible episodes, so there is that at least. Oh yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with this, <laughs> this one. Is gonna like, be... not going to have fun watching it. No, I'll have fun, fun talking about nope. it. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Paul. <laughs> Oh well, well you know what we just we had we just had a run of pretty great ones though, so I think I think we're it's we're time. Doing okay. Well, you guys, listeners, you know you can find us on the internet places and email us info at threedbmup.com, and you know next time we're gonna we're gonna get some some gangsters in. See, we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes. See with a piece of the action. See, <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> And listeners, thank you so much for joining us for our very special 50th episode. 